Hey, hey there. there! Welcome to Motorcycles, Motorcycles and Misfits! Coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza and we're getting the band back together. Yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. What are we going to name it? <laughs> Ooh, I well. like Big Lucky and the Strikes. Oh. Uh, well, uh, I always wanted... To name a band Aqua Volva. Big Red and the Kotex Kids. Oh my. A yeah. bunch of punk bands here. Emma, what 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 band name would you would you name a band? Morris Oxford and the Shooting Breaks. Wow. Um okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh well getting- How, uh- Album, album cover, cover picture coming. How, how about how about <clears throat> Jensen Interceptor and his two door coupes? Hmm. Mm. I want to be. I a like coupe. the muddy helmet troubadours. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Can you explain that to me, Jim? Uh, okay. All right. Bless Can I give out the candy now? I have candy. We well, um, uh, on the board tonight, joining us, but. You're going to be gone next couple of weeks, is that right? Yeah, yeah, gone next week, anniversary, and then Jim and I are going to have our dirt extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. That's where the muddy helmet thing comes in, is that no, right? No, 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 is no. It, is it your, no. your dirt extravaganza or your soil extravaganza? It's more of the, more of the, su- the sandy, the oh sandy taint. Oh, the sandy low. The sandy taint. So, of course, that would be Stumpy John on the board, and... Coming back after missing us last week. Did you miss us last week? I missed you. I missed you terribly, Lisa. Of course. All, it's the, miss, all the gang. It's quite sad here. It's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. And you had a you had a fan here today. Did I? Oh, what, Macaroon? Cameron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, anytime you get a kid to come here and the first thing you say to a kid is, hey, give me all your money. And he's like, I haven't got any money. <laughs> So we'll turn out your pockets. Show me you've got. You haven't got any money, and he turned out all his pockets, <laughs> and he great. clearly had no money. I said, "Well, go and get me some." You shook down the nine-year-old. <laughs> he was thirteen. Oh. Well, <laughs> well, he left here in a biker leather vest, yeah. looking like he was ready for like Terminator Five. <laughs> he did. Give that, that kid a gun. That's what he picked. Or some brass knuckles. Yeah. And of course, back from his trip to Europe, it's Nigga Jim. Ciao, Bella. Oh. I know. I learned more more words than bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> <laughs> so just curious, Jim, when you were over in Italy, you saw a lot of scooters? I did. Did you think of bagel every time? I could not help but think of bagel constantly. <laughs> but I also thought of you, Ooh. Liza. Yes. I might get a bit emotional. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but you did watch my cat for a couple of days, and I really appreciate oh, that. no problem. Well, it so, was last week when you were like, I think I was supposed to feed the cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not dead. The house didn't burn down. Life's good. All is good. And of course, back from his rally, it is Bagel. Greetings from my luxury shop, which smells like warm Heinkel. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a can, warm Heinkel. That's a, can I get that in a bottle? Is that spreadable? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, am I, am I to deduce Bagel that you have been riding around on the Heinkel? Yes, I have been Heinkling. Okay. The good. return of Heinkel Tom. But, but, okay. <laughs> Before you get Several too far, I have, a, I have a gift for you and Bagel. The scooters are crazy in Italy. Yeah, nice. so I have a gift for you, Liza. It's very special. Yeah? Wow. It's the only made one year. Ooh. I can't remember any such to read it. It's the Vespa 150 GS from 1955. <gasps> 
Do I have it? I have a so bunch right up there. So this is a scale model. Let's see. If is you do, I'm going to throw it out the window, probably. Let's see. Yeah, I'm going I'm to toss it over to Emma because there's a few special things about it. Ooh. Other than it's a scooter. This is uh, ooh. Oh, no. You haven't got this one, Liza. Are you sure? I yeah, I'm sure. It. This is fantastic. Yes, and that is the, the very first sports Vespa. Yeah, and it's got it's got the circular case between your legs, which I'm guessing is the auxiliary fuel tank. Or a spare tire. No, I oh, don't that's think a spare it's, tire. No, it's got a filler. Oh, well there's there's a, a spare tank in the spare tire. Oh and of course yep. we're talking about a I think it's a one eighteenth scale. Or a thirty second or something. It's small. <clears throat> yeah, it's a little tiny model. Do you have that one, Liza? Oh, one thirty second. I don't know. I, I have a bunch of Vespas right that above. thing in the him. middle defeats the whole purpose of having a scooter, doesn't mm-hmm. it though? But it has lovely oh. little leg love shaping around your legs and all that Is kind that of stuff. Is that a hat case? You could put your hat in it, but it's probably smell of But it's got the proper Italian box yeah. with the little uh, holographic sticker. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't It was the cheapest one they had, too. So. <laughs> win, win, win. <laughs> but no, thank you for watching the cat. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I got a bunch of candy from Scotland. Ooh. So everybody Ooh. gets to pick it up. <laughs> it's the bag of candy. Yeah, yeah. I do. It's kind of like, yeah, like <laughs> taking the shampoo. But you take candy instead. Is Scottish candy better than Italian candy in general? No, my God. I mean, Scottish, <laughs> the food in Scotland was wonderful. The food in Italy is amazing. Oh, absolutely. But the scooters oh, yeah. in Italy is a whole next level thing. And the coffee in Italy is great. Oh, the coffee is bomber, too. Well, oh, yeah. I want to get back to your experience. But first, I wanted to say, uh, Emma, Emma and I, uh, speaking of children, we both got in trouble today in the garage. With children. Aren't you you got in trouble. 200 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> we both got yelled at. But I feel good because she got yelled at for doing something twice as bad as I did. Well, it was oh. just by volume. I mean, you know. Was- <laughs> uh, Nock brought uh, Sullivan, who is nine, to the garage again. They have been riding the heck out of that Amigo around town. I haven't been around, but I did see them run it out of gas today, so, which is um, awesome. Yeah. Because, I mean, Sullivan is kind of like a gender-neutral name. So Sullivan is an adorable nine-year-old girl. And she's just, she's really, really sweet. She's, she's great. She's a nice kid. Um, so what I'm eating, by the way, I want to make sure, because all our um, all our listeners from the other side of the Atlantic, I'm eating a Tunnock's Caramel Bar. <clears throat> and they turn these out by the gazillion in Scotland. And these <laughs> things are friggin' awesome. I'm eating a Border shortbread rings. Mm. Well, either way, John. Ah. The only reason there's one caramel bar is that it was either one or like 30 in a tub. How come I got Metamucil and a cracker? <laughs> what the heck? Exactly. <laughs> I think there's so some, anyway, no, we want you so, to be regular. So, we get, so I got yelled at first because uh, Sullivan was there. And, and thank you, Jim, brought a big box of donuts to the garage this morning. So, of course, when a kid showed up, I'm like, hey, kid, you want a donut? And I said, yeah, look, I sized her up. She's not. They were I'm good like, donuts, take, take the half a donut, half a donut. So she gleefully skips out of the garage She's with like, a half I a donut. This at home. And Knock <laughs> comes in yelling at me, don't give the kid sugar. What are you doing? <laughs> like, he reamed me out. I'm like, it was just half a donut. Then a little while later, Emma comes to me. She goes, I got yelled at by knock. I'm like, what did you do? She goes, I gave her a whole donut. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, parental guidelines are an actual thing. And, I mean, I'm the first to admit I've got no experience of small children. Um, I tend to see them as just like little adults. And so 
you know, hey, kid, you want a donut? Kid says, yeah. What's wrong with that? You know, well, but I didn't realize. Or, or it's like, turn your pockets out, kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, give me some money, kid. <laughs> um, you know, it's like. Funnily enough, though, Dad thought that was funny when I asked the kid to turn it. <laughs> but um, Evelyn, who is Sullivan's mother, initially took quite a dim view of us feeding Sullivan donuts because she was quite wired. Well, that's not, and I offered her a beer because I'm like, then you could say, well, not, the donut's not so bad now. Well, you know, I said, if you fixed me a gin and tonic... Then, you know, yeah. that would offset the donut. But that went down even worse. No, but um, uh, so Cameron came by. Jake is his dad. So there were parents. There were parents here. Um, but Cameron learned how to ride a bike on the Amigo. Yeah, he had a yeah. good time. And between uh, Sullivan and Cameron fighting over Amigo <laughs> seat time. Mm. I mean, Knock goes out with her for like three hours tooling around on that Amigo. Kudos to the Amigo. And all I heard... From Cameron, in between blubbering about me wanting to take all his money off him, was when is the amigo coming back? When is I don't know, I know. when the amigo's coming. When's the amigo? Is it time for the amigo to come back yet? Yeah, I don't know, Cameron. And then when he showed up, when the amigo showed up, of course his eyes lit up because he knew he knew he was going to be riding it. He reminds me a lot of me when I was a kid. If somebody. You have a similar haircut. Actually. Yeah. If somebody showed up with a motorcycle. <laughs> well, like putting bowl on top of your head. I mean, I'm talking like age five on. Mm-hmm. Somebody had a motorcycle. Can I ride it? Can you take me for a ride? Can I sit on it? Can I touch it? What's this do? I was the relentless. And, and Cameron was relentless. He, Whose bike is that? Can you take me for a ride? How about that bike? Can you take me for a ride? And we all just learned, no. No, mm-hmm. shut him down. But I'm like, keep trying, kid, keep trying. Yeah, because I would every now and then somebody would go like, okay, mm-hmm. that's how I learned to ride when I was ten. That's how I rode a GS when I was twelve. You know, you, somebody goes, all right, kid, let's go. I mean, I was showing my age because, of course, they they showed up and I go, oh, this kid looks just like Doogie Howser, and like, who the hell's Doogie Howser? <laughs> you know, you need to be a certain age. Right. And I think Jake hadn't even heard of Doogie Howser. Yeah. Well, then he, uh, I guess Jake taught him how to do the clutch on the Amigo. Yeah, he did real well. And he was riding it around, and uh, he did his first wheelie by accident. <laughs> and looked absolutely terrified. When he popped the clutch. And I keep reminding him, look up, because he kept looking at his hands. He kept it upright. So, <laughs> and he did. He rode it around. So congratulations, Cameron. In keeping with me trying to do little improvements on that bike, there's something desperately wrong with a swing arm on that Amigo. <laughs> and I haven't figured it out yet. I, I don't know whether it's a spacing. It, there's something desperately wrong with the swing arm because it steers both ends. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to try and stop it doing that. So next week, yeah. um, we'll get the back end off, off the ground. I'm going to take everything apart. And I'm going to find out why it steers. I think steers. it's because it's... Press steel rear swing arm and it just has sway in it. Might need no, some better shocks too. No, I did. I think there's something <laughs> on the pivot. I think there's something about the pivot that's a little bit hokey, but we'll figure it out. We'll okay. get there. Yeah. That, that sounds like a bike that was on our rally this weekend. Yeah, really? What happened? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, steering bearings were super loose. Right. Um, mm. I suspect they were probably worn, had never been. Uh, lubed in, until uh, the owner tried to do that recently, which made it quiet, but still not uh, handle well. 
said that when he was in the twisties, the whole bike would just like wander around. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know that my opinion that all scooters are complete death traps when they're new. So, you know, it doesn't take much to make them worse. Talking about death traps, what is that pile of rust over your right shoulder? Oh, I don't think we've talked about that no, yet. No, we haven't. Oh, I mean, what it, is it? It looks that like is, you just. That was from, that on the Titanic? From Vintage Motorcycle Days? That uh, is not from Vintage Motorcycle <laughs> Days, but I picked that up when I was in Colorado. Oh. Um, you picked I, that I, up I, when you were at the bottom I, of the Atlantic. I can't even tell what it is. <laughs> well, what, what that is, is a Lambretta frame that was modified using plans that were eventually what became the Royal Alloy. And so the frame has been widened in the rear. The whole uh, structural tube has been cut out from the center and new uh, steel tubing has been welded in place for a modern Vespa engine to fit in there. And uh, this was originally originally built up as a uh, bike with a GT200 engine. And I have the frame, the tank, uh, some of the cooling system and a headset, but none of the other parts for it. So it's what? going to be a uh, a project, and I'd like to see if I can fit a Vespa 300 engine in it. So j- just hang on a minute. So yep. um, so am I am I to assume that the Royal Alloy is an English creation? Yes, so in a way. <laughs> so, I thought it was uh, Chinese. It was, it well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> so. Originally, uh, the the royal what, what became the royal alloy was developed by a company called Scomati, uh, who were a group of people who were interested in building a basically a modern Lambretta that would use a uh, basically it, would t- it took a vintage Lambretta frame and modified it so that it would accept a modern Vespa engine, and they had gone through all the design, all of the R and D, all of the testing. And got a, a really solid platform and a design together. And when they went to shop around uh, manufacturers in certain countries in Asia, the plans got taken by someone yeah. who went and started a company called Royal Alloy. <laughs> so the original company, Skomadi, yeah. So when this when this happened, the original company, Skomadi said, well, if you're going to steal our plans and build a bike out of it like that we were trying to build, we're just going to give our plans away to anybody who wants them. So a guy in Pittsburgh at a uh, place called Iron City Cycles uh, got a copy of the Scamati plans and modified a, uh, a, Vesp- or a Lambretta frame to, uh, to spec uh, for conversion to a modern, a modern and, Lambretta. And that's what you've got. And Which that is conveniently what answers my question is, what is a, uh, a pr- basically a prototype roller alloy doing sort in, of doing yeah I mean it's yeah it wasn't made, Oregon right it wasn't made by the actual designers it was custom oh. built by by a builder but using their plans so it essentially is a royal alloy frame of does all it, intents d- I mean does it appear to have been done quite well because it looks very quite rusty oh, was it, it ever it, finished it, it was never finished there I mean, it, it was it was welded up the the workmanship looks good. Uh, there are some parts in the front that are still a little bondo covered and need to be, uh, you know, cleaned up a bit. But it's solid and uh, it's got everything that it needs. It was built up, so it should be possible to just build it, uh, build it all together. Oh, good. Once they have all the parts, and I'm hoping that a Royal Alley fork may um, actually fit in there, so that I can put a 12 inch front wheel on it. So, Interesting. And and yeah. <clears throat> you you uh, had a rally this weekend. Is this with your new club? 
Yes, this is uh, Top Dead Center's rally. It was uh, called Run from the Sun. And this is the <laughs> not not only not only the 25th anniversary for the club, but the 25th anniversary for this rally. Oh, yeah. nice! That's cool. Because we had we actually had a complaint that we don't do enough scooter content on the show, and I think ah. we do far too much already. So <laughs> I'm going to squash that straight away because over well, my dead body. No, I mean well, I think it's well, nice well, to talk about scooters. They're, they're yeah, you know it's. Well, what was the event? I'm curious. Yes. So Run from the Sun is is basically the the rally season ender in our part of the country. Um, Welcome to wintertime. Yeah, yeah, because the weather is pretty much not so great from here on out. So um, so usually late September we'll have this rally. And the idea is to ride from Eugene all the way out to the Oregon coast. Mm. Um, And how far is that? Uh, Depends on where, where we go. But this time we went a little farther north. Um, almost up to Tillamook. So it was a good two and a half hour ride to get there, about and, uh, and a little over 100 miles. 100 mile ride. How many deaths on this occasion? <laughs> uh, zero. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> well, okay. unless, unless you unless you count bikes, there were two. Okay. <laughs> both both Lambrettas. <laughs> um, one of them seized, the other one, I'm not sure what happened oh. to it. Oh, no. But, um, and you did this yeah. on your Heinkel? I did. And I rode the Heinkel all What's the way your up top speed? Top speed is uh, around 55 miles an hour. I can get a little bit above there with a <laughs> wow. tailwind and downhill. But, I mean, we already established, because we've talked about the Heinke Heinkel before, yeah. that it's not a high-speed machine, but it's it's yeah. a touring bike, and it's a very good, it's brrr, you know, it makes that sort of like little purring, touring noise, and you yep. can cover quite good long distances on it at a lower speed. Yeah, and it's it's nice and comfortable. And um, but it's it's very heavy bike. Uh, does not like the hills so much, but it gets through them. How, I, mean, I, wrote, I, wrote, um, I wrote it up the Pikes Peak, so oh, very good. And how many scooters were on this uh, rally? I think we had about a dozen bikes in all. Oh, fantastic! And, uh, and the only Heinkel was yours, of course. Yes, yes, the only Heinkel. There were several several Lambrettas, a uh, number of Vespas, and um, I think one or one or two modern bikes. But uh, yeah, mostly mostly vintage, and you know, mostly good eggs on the. Oh uh, yes, yeah, yeah, great a great group. We had a, had a wonderful time um, hanging out at the campsite. We basically camped from Thursday through Sunday, and uh, went for rides during the day out to the coast, out to Tillamook, out to other little towns in the area. Um, and got some some beach food, and uh, yeah, and then partied it up at night. Um, caught up with everybody, told stories, and talked scooters and. Tech geek stuff. Yeah, scooter I was going to say. I mean, what do scooter people do when they party? Oh, like, re- they're, do they they're... read dictionaries to each other and oh, no. drink Perrier? There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's copious quantities of alcohol consumed. Okay. Uh, lar- usually, a large fire involved. I bet yeah. they smoke weed with Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is possible. <laughs> and um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just uh, it's. It's a great time getting together with everybody who uh, who's into 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 the scooter thing, and and a lot of great knowledge gets shared. You know, where people talk about how they how they you know did their builds, how they set things up, and you can hear people talking around the fire, just going nuts about like like jetting and and you know crank options and things like that. Um, so it's it, there's a there's a wealth of knowledge there. Did so, they give out any sort of awards like the typical distance traveled or anything like that? You know, this time oldest, there there weren't scooter. Yeah, there weren't any awards this time. It's it's usually a fairly uh, a fairly 
just low key kind of rally. Not a lot of you know concerts or or events. It's just getting together, hanging out, and riding. How was the weather? Uh, the weather was a little damp when we got there. <laughs> um, the ride up, we we were it was pretty clear for about two thirds of the way, and then the last third it, we kind of got rained on. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was you know it's Oregon. You got to expect yeah. that. Um, we got a little bit of rain over the weekend on uh, on Friday and uh, I think Saturday morning. But after that, it cleared up really nicely and had some beautiful weather the rest of the day, Saturday and today for the ride back. Nice. Well, I wanted to share, Jim and I went for a ride yesterday. I wanted to give a little ride report. And it was actually a, quite a miserable ride. And mm. which it didn't, when we were leaving Santa Cruz, it didn't seem any different than, you know, any day. It wasn't particularly sunny, but... Mm-hmm. We were just heading up into the Santa Cruz Mountains, up to Big Basin, to go see where the fire came through a couple of years ago. John, I'm sure you've probably been <laughs> yeah. through there. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> but uh, we hadn't been up into the park. And this was on a lot of the news when they had big fires, because this is a big park with big, giant redwoods. And um, as we were getting further and further up into the mountains, it was getting a little bit foggier and foggier, until by the time we were in Big Basin... It was so thick with fog that we were just soaked. And it's like neither of us wore rain gear because it didn't look like mm-hmm. rain. But, you know, it's it's so and cold. It got cold. Mm-hmm. So both wearing like gloves, it just got soaked from the knee down. My pants were soaked. But we were both just so just happy. <laughs> yeah, it turned out to it be a so fun funny. ride. Well, we're on comes talking about it. it's so cold and I'm so wet. But I'm so happy to be riding. Well, we were leaving the diner. We left after breakfast, and we looked at the sky. It's like, it might rain. And we're like, yeah, it might, but whatever. <laughs> what are you going to do? And next thing you know, we uh, yeah, went to Big Basin, which is a state park, where in 2000, the fires burned through. And, uh, uh, 2020. 2020, what yeah. I say? 2000. Oh, I'm sorry, 20. Yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, you know, and there was a visitor center and buildings and all that, and all, all that gone. was destroyed. Just gone. And going up wow. there, like, and there were campsites as you kind of got closer to the, the middle of the park. Um, Mother Nature's taking it all back over. Like, you would yeah. never know there were campsites. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see if you knew where the visitor center was, you're like, oh, I can see where a building would have been, but you oh, have no the, idea. These big trees are blackened for the first, like, 50 feet. <laughs> but then there's and they're leafing out. They look like yeah, a model model railroad type trees. They're very fascinating. But yeah, they're all kind of growing back. But it was funny because yeah, we went from it, it was kind of a lovely sixty eight degrees in town to I can barely see. It's raining. <laughs> everything's getting wet. And your yeah. tire didn't help. Your tires were what? How old are your tires? Oh, t- ten years old. Oh, nasty. So I took the Triumph and he took the okay. Africa Twin. On yeah, actually, we need to get those tires on because oh, yeah. you've got yeah. new tires, yeah, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, I've got a plan. Doing a lot of good in the hallway when we were on wet pine needles. Yeah, right. <laughs> Going I through can the imagine. Uh, so, but you know what? I just, I just remember just having this moment where I'm like, I'm wet. I'm miserable. My core was still warm, and that to me is a trick. If my core is warm, right. I'm okay, but my hands and legs were drenched. You're all spoiled. You got heated grips, heated Not seats. on that bike. That's what I mean. I know. I had nothing. And I was just, I'm just him and I just chatting, like, but I'm still happy to be riding. It was fun. It was, it was, it's like nice aww. to have that attitude of like, we just love riding so much. Right. And you, you told me you came up with sort of a revelation about the Triumph Scrambler, didn't you? It's definitely becoming a little more sprite to me once I'm, I'm, I'm really hammering it a little bit more. But 
Oh, right. The revelation. Yeah, I didn't even tell you this, Jim. Mm. I had a thought. <clears throat> I had a moment, a fleeting moment, where I thought possibly this could be a forever bike. And that is something that, like, that's hard for me to commit to mm. a forever bike. What makes that a forever bike? But as I was writing it, I'm like, it's it's low, it's easy to ride, it's simple. I could see myself being 75 and riding that bike because it's just easy. And to be fair, that bike, I'm not <clears throat> suggesting for a moment it was its target audience, but the Triumph, the, the T100, the Scrambler, the, you know, and the, the ones that have come afterwards, mm-hmm. like the Speedmaster <clears throat> and the um, America... They're a very specific target audience, and it's a mature biker. And they're very cleverly designed bikes. And they're very easy to own, and they're very easy to ride. And so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I could see, I, yeah, I could see this being a very just easy and comfortable to, bike to ride when, when you're older, you know. So, yeah. Good ride, but mm. more so, I just, I appreciate Jim, a riding yeah. companion. Who does, we're just... Happy. Well, just nice <laughs> we're to be we're both like cold yeah. and wet, but happy. Yeah, it's 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 riding as an attitude. Nice to be out. And by the time we got back home, we had dried off. It was yeah, and it wasn't that bad. It was just more just it's kinda, just it coming out of the mountain, while, and there's yeah. like a bunch of shit on the road. But and hey, what are you do? taking it very easy because the roads were wet, and and then seeing other bikers out too. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, yeah, it was cool. Um, Emma, I have a question. Where were you last week? You did a thing. I've I've got a Scottish cookie in my mouth. Oh wow. my god! <laughs> a wee biscuit. Oh god, it's good. No, is that what they call it? No, I'm going to read you. <laughs> this is a border biscuit. It's I just made, had one of those. Yeah, it's made in. Oh, I thought it was a cracker. Give me one of those. No, no. it's a, like a shortbread thing. No, you get the muesli. Mine. It's made in Lanarkshire and dried milk. And it's butterscotch flavor. You don't like butterscotch. How do you know I don't like butterscotch? I know these things. God, it's good. So I was back at the Jameson Museum. um, And the Jameson Museum's going through a lot of changes right now. It was founded by Neil Jameson. um, And dear Neil passed away a couple of years ago. It's where we found you. Yeah, it is where you found me. And... um, the museum has been taken over by Neil's daughter, Stacy, who's a very, very good egg, um, and shares a great passion for vintage motorcycles, just like her dad. Cool. And she's had to keep the, mu- the museum open, but it is changing. And Stacy's got her own vision for the museum. Um and it's it's taking some time, but she's as she puts it, she says, "Look, this is still my dad's museum, and I want to make it my museum." Mm. So um, I helped her with the purchase of a 1910 Peugeot, which is her cool. first bike that she's mm. bought exclusively for the museum. It's an amazing bike. It's an original paint bike. I mean, the thing's absolutely wild. It's got acetylene headlights. <laughs> um, so. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to be helping out. I mean, I'm not going to um, – my Sundays are always going to be um, the Recycle Garage and the Misfits. But I would like to spend a little more time at the museum and just help her navigate through the changes. Do you have a bike on display in there? I do. You know, I've 
I was I'm running out of space. I was home. wondering. No, I mean it's to be fair. I made quite a big purchase because I've been buying things too bagel. Um, <laughs> and it's a bit bigger than yours. I'm like, oh shit! I've run out of space. So uh -oh. um, I, uh, I, as you know, I built a beautiful purple trident, seventy-two trident, a few years ago. Um, it's always been a crowd pleaser, and I thought, you know what? Let's get it down the museum, and people can enjoy it. Because the the one vision Stacy has for the museum, she wants it full of bright colours. She wants it full of very, very colourful bikes um, and just be, you know, a, a bright and joyful place when you're walking through the door. And what is more joyful than a purple trident? Not much, I can tell you. And that nice cream colour too. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like an Easter egg. Was that the Roto-Rooter purple? Yes. Yeah. It's not a stock colour, is it? it? It was always a purple bike. But oh. Triumph Purple, they called it, they actually called it Jacaranda. Okay. Um not Jackanory, which was a child's television program hmm. we used to watch when we Not were Jackalope children. either. No, Jackalope is something else. No, uh, Jacaranda, it was kind of, it's there's a, a bit of metallic in it. Mm. Um, and it was almost like an eggplant color. Oh, um, so like that I, Honda color? Yeah, almost. It's got that yeah. kind of, you know, eggplanty thing. And I thought, you know, I want to, because it was a purple bike <clears> when it was new, and purple is such an iconic 70s British color. Um, I thought, you know, I want to really do it, but but I wanted when I restore bikes, I take a few liberties with the color. I'll always, I always like stock graphics, mm -hmm. but like the water buffalo, mm -hmm. um, which I don't think you've ever seen the water buffalo. Yeah, it's beautiful. I kind of turned up the wick on the flake a little bit. It was all, it was a metal flake orange bike from when it was new. Mm -hmm. But I kind of used a bigger, almost like bass boat flake on it, really, to give it some pop. Um, and I do stuff like that. So, But the graphics are stock. So if you know the bikes really well, you'll know it's a custom paint job. But if you don't, you're like, oh, that's stock. And so the Trident, I wanted to keep it purple and white, which is what it was when it was new. But I just I turned the wick up on the purple a little bit. And I just really like that Roto-Rooter purple. Now, for our European listeners, Roto-Rooter um, are the people who come out and fix your toilet <clears throat> when you break it. So when you've eaten too much Indian food and you break your crapper. A little too much Vindapoo? Yes. A little too much Windy Poo. Wait, I think it is Roto-Rooter. That's, that's the, the name. And you'll weigh your troubles, troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. <laughs> Fantastic. I did, not realize, I did not realize there was purple in their logo. I was always <clears> red <throat> until you said the purple you found was in the Roto-Rooter logo. And now you're looking at Roto-Rooter trucks, and you see they have purple in their logo. So, yeah, that's the color of the Trident. Um, and it starts right up. Oh, yeah. First kick bike. Oh, yeah. Always. So, um, that's where I was last week, and I, sp I spent a little bit of time down the museum. We'll be doing a little bit of tidying up. And really taking inventory of what's there and what's not there, because... Has much changed in, since kind of the last few years? Probably, I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Water Buffalo's still there? Oh, yeah. Mm. The museum's a little more cluttered, which upsets me a little bit. So um, I think we need to focus a little bit more on actually getting stuff out so that you can see the bikes a little more, because, you know... If you go through the oh the attitude, we're going to get as much in here as possible, that's not always the best route because everything gets crowded and you really can't see the bikes. Mm -hmm. 
And if we get a little more out and get some really, really good quality bikes in, yeah, um, and just give people room that they can come in, they can walk around the bikes. Is there a way for her to rotate things in and out? Does she have any sort oh, yeah, of storage options yeah. like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she she can she can move things in and out. And the big exciting news is they've got the RE five rotary. Oh, they do. And yeah, they want me to do a restoration oh, on that's it fun. to a running bike. So um, that's going to be a nice project for me. So I'm going to be doing a full resto. They need a website. They don't have one. No, they don't. And they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, like I say, it's still, she's making the tr- this transition from being the Neil Jameson Classic Motorcycle Museum to the Stacey Jameson. Huh. Um, but... You know, I'm just thrilled to be part of it. I'm I'm thrilled to be back being part of it. I suggest um, serving hot dogs on Saturdays. Ooh, I, I'll come. Mm-hmm. Coffee too. Yeah, um, spot to chill with coffee. I always do very well at the the Quail Classic Motorcycle Gathering by uh, serving gin and tonics. Mm. So maybe that's True. on the cards. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, a little hot dog machine. You know, just little knickknacks. But we'll we'll get there. So. Um, we oh I just want to get this out of the way I had a I had a crazy idea <clears throat> and and I, I either need this to be encouraged or squashed so I'm gonna just throw this out there and somewhat inspired by like Bagel and and his rally a bunch of people riding old scooters around um, uh, earlier this week Emma I saw a rally of like 1960s Porsches driving up the coast okay and I'm like I. I kind of like like taking the older vehicles and getting a group of people together. So you're all in on this together. If something goes wrong and you're all fix, helping to fix it. And, and as I've been scrolling just, you know, the, the ads, I'm seeing gold wings mm. for pretty cheap. There's a reason for that. Like a two thousand dollar gold. You should oh, buy one. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh, that would be fun to get a group of people to buy old gold no, wings. No, no, hang on. It's I like wanna, gambler I wanna make it absolutely yes. clear. I love gold wings. <laughs> yes. So I'm approaching this from a purely um <clears throat> unbiased perspective. Um God, you can throw some money at gold wings. Yeah. You they oh, yeah. can suck up. A lot of money, a huge amount of money. So um, let's do a very, and it's going to be a super brief history hole about Goldwing. Goldwing was introduced in 1975 as a flat four. Four Four-cylinder, 1,000 cc. Stayed 1,000 cc until uh 1980 model year, so very end of 1979, when it became an 1100 and the 1100 hung out for a couple of years. I think 83 was the last 1100. And then uh, late 83 uh, and all through 84, 85, 86, it became a 1200. Um, and then it became a six cylinder in 88. And it was a 1,500cc, and that lasted up until 2002 or three. Then it became an 1,800 flat six. Mm. Um, the 1,800s are very, very good. The 1,500s sound good, but they do lack power. Um, can, can I entice you? Yeah, go on. I just went on Craigslist. 
Yeah. And I found three Honda Goldwings in Boulder Creek that are, two of them are 1100s and one's a 1000 CC. Yeah. And they're free. They're they're in a pile. Oh, God. <laughs> and they're free. Well, now, is the Valkyrie just a stripped down Goldwing? Well, it's, it is and it isn't. I mean, the Valkyrie. Sorry, but here's a complete running 1984 Goldwing for $1,500. And this is what I look at and I go like, ooh. Would you like to know the problem? Besides the water pump? No, Goldwings don't have water pump problems. Oh, okay. Charging problems. Oh, it needs a new battery. <laughs> there ah! it is. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Sure. Needs a new alternator, and that's engine out. And actually, getting the engine out of a Goldwing isn't bad. It's just awkward because they're so big. Yeah. Um, you know, you basically get a drack under the engine. I'm sorry, I'm eating Maltesers now, and they're very good. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, I just I see these older running Goldwings, and I'm just like, that would be kind of fun. I mean, no, if no. it ran, it would. If it no, ran, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, running. I'm not looking at to it. Ride, no, no, no. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, if you get into it cheaply enough and you understand that, yes, I may have to pull the engine out of this thing, you know, maybe it's a good bet for you. Um, okay. So I'm not hearing a no. I'm not hearing a no. Uh, no, I'm saying yes. You should buy one. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to get one, Sell too. that Africa Twin and, and get, get two. Well, you could get, get two. five. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, right. Well, that brings brings me to the next thing. Um, Jim, we got some bikes to sell. Yes. Yeah. So yep. I've been cleaning up the Africa Twin. Me too. And yeah, you cleaned up yours. And you have an FZ1 for sale yep, too. They're both going up. Um, And I was Hope thinking. I have a sleep number bed. Does that count? <laughs> it does. <laughs> I was thinking uh, I would like to do a listing on air as we're recording yeah. and get the gr- the room to help pepper it up because, mm-hmm. I mean, Emma knows how to sell a bike, right? So if you want to get your phone out, you could start your listing. So here's the deal. I'm going to list mine on Facebook Marketplace. There and, you go. And Jim, you're going to list yours on, on Craigslist. And we are going to throw up a picture of each other's bike with a link saying, and if you're interested in two, my buddy has one also. Oh, we got to do this real time? I, yeah, yeah, let's do it. I don't you even start- know if I can. Well, you start. I'm going to start because I've already been filling mine out oh, okay. uh, to might, give you time. It'll probably take me a while. Yeah, you're you're good. <laughs> so, all right. So here's the deal, Emma. Yes. First thing I think is funny. So I'm filling out on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, it says, type motorcycle, year 2018, make Honda. I go to model and it says, uh, passport, odyssey, or other. <laughs> it's another. <laughs> like, what is going on already? I'm like, What? Uh, all right, it's an adventure, 1,000 cc. Uh, it is. Oh, it is a manual. Tra- it's an automatic transmission. Oh yes. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, anti-lock brakes. All right. Here's the thing that's great about my bike, at least. Sixty. I'm saying sixty-two hundred. It's really sixty-one something. Six thousand two hundred miles. People are people aren't bothered about specifics. So 6,200 miles. So, Emma, all right, I'm ready for the description. Now, I've already put in the title Honda Africa Twin okay. or Africa Twin Adventure Sport DCT. Do I need to repeat that in the description? No, I don't think so. Okay. But you can, you can put, here's what I'd put. All right, let's go. Gorgeous, <gasps> red, white, and blue Honda Africa Twin. Oh, you're, for the title? Yes. Oh, wait. Oh, so, no, 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 no. This is the description. Gorgeous. Red, white, and blue. Honda 
Africa Twin. And blue, a Honda Africa Twin. Okay. Um, you can put X Honda staff bike because it was. No, this mm. was a demo bike. Oh, wouldn't put that. <laughs> no, I'm not going <laughs> to. <that. laughs> um, lovingly cared for in my ownership. Lovingly cared for. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Okay, in my ownership. Rare automatic transmission model. Is it rare? Yes. It's rare if you tell people it's rare. <laughs> rare, you said automatic transmission? Yes. Automatic transmission. All right, should I start listing the accessories? Um, no, because people aren't bothered by specifics. What they're interested in is complete um, adventure accessories. Would you describe it as that, Jim? Complete adventure accessories? Um, have you ever adventured on it? Define the adventure. <laughs> yeah, no, just, you know, just complete line of adventure accessories included. Uh, what? Yeah, you, well, do you have crash bars, skid plate? Yeah, all the, But those come stock on the adventure sport. Yeah, but it's a complete line of adventure accessories are included. Okay, um, what, what else are things to add to this? Um... So I will. I'll rattle off like Corbin heated seat. Yeah, and you know, but don't get too specific because right. people really want to know that it, is it loaded? Is it lo it's loaded? Uh, SW Motec um, bag. Uh, I wouldn't put the SW Motec. Just put very high quality accessories. Ooh, very high quality because SW. Motec, it's German stuff. It's very good. Very expensive. Very good, yes. I've crashed it well. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, and what else? Um, I needs nothing <gasps> except like a new owner. Ready, ready for adventure? Yeah. Ready for your, and you can put your in capital, ready for your, your next adventure. Your. Nice. The horizon awaits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, what are some other, in general, what are some other good tips when you're listing something, Emma, that, that do you think gets, gets somebody's attention? What, what, what do you do? Well, you know, as I say, when I look at an ad for a bike, and I may be different because I know bikes, I'm not that interested in specifics. A lot of people will go, oh, I polish the cases with triple aught this and this, this, this. You're going into far too much detail. What people want to know is what sort of bike it is. Well, that's in the description. What color is it? Does it look good? Um, does it need anything? Does it need anything before they can enjoy it? Does it need servicing? Has it been taken care of? Mm-hmm. Does it have a clear title? Um, and what are they going to use it for? So I was thinking, since we're basically selling a very similar bike, yeah. um, transmission's probably obviously the biggest, the biggest difference. Yeah. But the way I would couch mine for sale would be ready for adventure. This bike is, is well-maintained, set up, and ready to go on an adventure as soon as you are. Like That would be the gist of mine, because... Because like mine's sorted for um, 
totally sorted for camping, right? I can be like, it's been camping. I've had adventures on it. You know, I've crashed it. You can see, you can see the bike holds up great. It's well-maintained. Um, so that I think to Emma's point, I think the way to, to sell it is be like, hey, do you want to, have you wanted to do a, uh, uh, a Transamerica America trail trip? Do you, have you wanted to do a, uh, what's the other one we do? The, the backcountry adventure routes, yeah. right? Do you this, so the, this bike or our bikes, if you want to buy them both at the same time, both of these bikes are adventure ready. Like right now you could put the key in it and you could take my bike to Montana and camp off it the whole time. So I think that's the selling point. And I think that's how you get people excited about it. And like Emma said, make sure it's clean. Um, make sure that you let them know that it's been well cared for and maintained, which they have been, especially because you only have 6,000 miles on yours. I know. Shame on you. <laughs> but uh, so what do we price them at? That's the question. So I bought mine for 10. You got yours for a little cheaper, didn't you? You're, we're, not, we're not saying oh, that. Oh, I don't care. No, I, I don't give a shit. So yeah, so Emma, does this sound right? So I was going to list mine for 11 and, and accept 10. Yeah, I think. Do you think that's fair price? Well, we need to see what. Well, I saw there's one in Rancho Cordova, the same color as mine. You don't see a lot of the black. So mine's a 2018 black, and it has low miles, like really low miles. Don't forget, don't forget, gorgeous, gorgeous, (laughs) gorgeous black paint scheme. Yes, rare, gorgeous, rare. Well, yours has got the rare manual transmission. Rare, yep, with bronze tint. (laughs) The bronze. No, 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 just. It's gorgeous black, <laughs> rare manual transmission. I like it. I like it. But yeah, I mean, I think that's it. Just sell them as ready to go adventure bikes. Uh, yeah. So there, here's a 2016 DCT for 9,500. Yeah, there's so, one in Rancho Cordova yeah. like mine with way low miles for 11.5. And here's another. Uh, here's another a 2016 for 9,700. So I think our price is about right. Uh, oh, here's somebody listing the Corbin heated seat for 500 bucks. Ah, so nice. Yeah. All right. So you set your price, and then I'll figure mine. And out here's a tr- another 2016 DCT for 10. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that here's another 2016 for 105. Um, well, it looks like thing. dealerships are listing them for like 12 and 13. So I know we don't. I know we yeah. talk about you don't get your money back from accessories, right? But but you yeah. look at the accessories that that well, I can't speak for you, but that I've put on, for example, right? So um, I've got a flatline racing skid plate, so a proper skid plate, not this, not the stock one that comes. Um, I've got luggage racks, right? So I got GV yeah. luggage right there. That's what fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, so that's that's a big deal if you really and you want to, upgraded your suspension, right? Yeah, upgraded suspension, Baja Designs light, GV cases. Uh, oh you yeah, know, I put lights on. Yeah, proper hand guards. Um, you know, mirrors that don't mm-hmm. break off, that kind of stuff. And you know, <laughs> and yeah, you don't expect to get your money out of that, but. Again, the bikes, it's set up to go adventure riding. You know, you don't have to put any more money into it. Yeah, it's You know, let's, let's put this whole the accessory thing yeah, to yeah, bed. Yeah. Because I want to make sure that people understand the easiest bike to sell is always going to be the bone stock, mm-hmm. immaculate, <clears throat> low mileage example. Because people know what they're getting. Right. That's always going to be the easiest bike to sell. Now... If you load it up with accessories, it can make it more appealing to a certain kind of buyer, mm-hmm. but not more valuable. Right. It might sell a little quicker if you if you push to the right a button. certain kind of buyer. Now, as an example, I think we can all agree that 
Africa Twins are adventure bikes. So if you bolt on adventure accessories, especially high-quality ones, Mm -hmm. without getting into specifics, and the reason why I don't think you should mention the fact that it's got SW Motec saddlebag mounts on it. Mm-hmm. Just all you do is high quality saddlebag mounts. Because if you mention their SW Motec, mm. you will get somebody who says, Well, when I, when I buy my Africa twin, yeah. I'm gonna put Jivy mounts on it. And then immediately they'll say, Oh, I've got to pull those things off. Whereas if you just say the high quality so just keep well, it vague and kind of like get the emotion. Like, they hey, are this- high quality. Yeah. We know they're high quality. Don't get into real specifics. I'll with tell you why that is important to me to specify SW Motec because I didn't buy bags for this. I pulled my bags off my other bike. They use they they transfer. So when you say SW Motec, if they have bags, they well, know that their bags will go on. But if you don't say SW Motec, you're going to get somebody call. And they'll call and say, oh, I've got SW Motec bags. Will they fit your bike? Yes, yes. They So will. you're selling the bike. But, but you're selling the bike. Now you've yeah. had the call. So you're selling, you're, you're leaving the rack on the bike, but you're keeping the saddlebags yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've also painted someone into a, the corner where they can only use that saddlebag. Now. Right. Yeah. Or you can take it off. But it just says, hey, hey, it comes with these mounts. If you have the bags, great. It says bags not included. But just remember, you know, like every mother thinks her child is the most Mm. beautiful child. Every paint job is gorgeous. Every bike is a very, very legit example of that bike. You know, every bike is in good condition until it's not. It's like every perp is innocent until they're proven guilty. So you want to make sure people know it's a gorgeous paint job i mean yours is a gorgeous looking bike yeah does that mean yours is not no yours is a really good looking bike too it's absolutely dropped it gorgeous but in a different way um so these are words to use and if it's got high quality accessories on it you tell them that the high quality no i didn't bolt cheap chinese crap on this bike you know Mm, it's got the high quality stuff on it And if you keep people, oh, I've got these SW Motec bags at home. I wonder if they'll fit. Now they're calling you. And once you've got them on the phone, you can tell them about all the other great stuff about the bike, even if their Jivy bags won't fit the SW Motec. If you say it's an SW Motec rack in the ad, they know their Jivy bags won't fit. So they're not going to bother calling. Actually, I think they will. These are have universal. They have different but holes ne- on them. That's but yeah. just an example. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I see like, what you're saying. I think the, like what I kind of like about it is, is you stay vague, but you want to like find a way to okay. get get like inspire passion, right? Like somehow you know they're out looking for that. And but the, I mean, the same applies to right. let them define it rather right. than you define it. You know, and the like same that. applies to a great many things. If you ever had to, you know, had the misfortune of having to write your resume. People go into the most minute detail about the most stupid aspects of their life. You keep it short. You keep it simple. You keep it to the point. Do you have a degree? Do you have work experience here? Do you have work experience here? Did you spend time in jail? (laughs) You know, keep it short. Keep it simple. Because when you apply for that job, the person's going to be reading tons of these things, just as people are going to be reading tons of ads. Keep it short, keep it specific, 
keep people engaged. Words like gorgeous, rare, these help sell a bike. And in both of your cases, it's true. The Africa Twin's a rare bike, but you don't need to tell people it's a rare bike. Mm -hmm. The DCT ones are rare. The manual transmission ones are rare. It's a catch <laughs> getting one of these things all coming rare. up. They're yeah. all yeah. rare. But you don't need to tell people they're all rare. Hey, I'm buying a DCT one. It's rare. And you know why? It's got a gorgeous paint job on it as well. All right. All right. Good tip. All right. So we'll get these listed. Hey, and if anyone out there is looking for uh, an Africa Twin or oh, you hype it better than that. an FZ1. Yes, with a rare Japanese OEM front fairing and, and a beautiful pearl, <laughs> yeah. a pearl metal flake. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to actually, I'll throw a bone to any of our listeners if anybody wants to fly out to California and actually ride one of these bikes home. If you buy either of these Africa Twins and you don't beat up Jim too much over his price or you don't beat up Liza too much over her price... I will give the bike a full service on the ramp at Mototown oh. so it's ready for you to ride home, and that's on me. Thank you, Emma. And if How anybody wants that? a king-size sleep number bed, call me. Actually, you did the last service on my Africa Twins. So. Yeah, there you go. So I'll do, I'll do a service on either bike. You know, the caveat is don't beat up Liza too much on her price. Don't beat up Jim too much on his price. But if you want to fly down from Portland or something, or even from Seattle, or even from the East Coast, you want to fly in, you want to ride this thing home, the last of the good good weather. And these are genuinely, you know, country-crossing bikes. Yeah, yeah, I will good. make sure it is serviced perfectly so you can actually collect it and ride it home with confidence. What a deal. And whatever deal you make with Liza, I will pay you $25 more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, hey, Emma, I got a question for you. Y'all. What do, does an adventure bike have in common with a cafe racer, a scrambler, a flat tracker, and a chopper? Well, these are all things that started off being modified in somebody's shed. And then became a production bike. Right. This is something, John, you brought this, This mm -hmm. you kind of brought this topic up. And I thought it was kind of interesting because these are all styles of bikes yes. that started out as a street bike that became modified by the public for a purpose or function and then became so popular that it eventually right. became a production bike. Well, you don't have to go back that far. You know, 50s and 60s, when pretty much most bikes looked exactly the yeah. same because motorbike looked like a motorbike and if you put knobby tires on it then you rode it off-road well in fact so uh, i'm gonna go back through this list emma tell me what what um decade yes these this style first came about so adventure bikes oh god 80s yeah, yeah 80s right okay cafe racers late 50s early 60s all right scramblers same period Oh, no. That's Scramblers. more like 60s, 70s, No, no, no. Going back. I would say Scramblers predate Cafe Racers. Really? I'm going to go late 40s, 50s for Scramblers. Okay. Flat Trackers. Mm. Mm. Earlier. 30s, well, we 30s? know at least. 30s? 
for uh, for well, board trackers were yeah. first. Yeah, board trackers, trackers were first. Yeah. yeah, I would say probably similar timeline to scramblers, but you know, flat trackers are far more an American thing. Right. So as yeah, as yeah. The, as the lonely Brit in here, I'm not really qualified to answer okay. that. I'll go with like forties, fifties, and choppers. Choppers, forties, right? Post post World War Two, right? Yeah. Right, and the term chopper, and we've talked about this before. Uh-huh. When the GIs came home, there was a glut of American military bikes, and in order to make them go faster, they chopped all the extraneous shit off them, and hence the term chopper. And if you look, they were probably more bobbers then, weren't they? Yeah, because they didn't do much in the way of extended forks. Right. right. But if you take um, a Harley Davidson WLA forty five and you cut the back fender off, throw away the front yeah. fender, and it begins to look like a very, very early chopper. All right, so we already were talking about Africa Twins, which yes. is a perfect example of a production adventure bike. Uh, right. Jim, can you name a production flat tracker? FTR. Uh, very good. Can you name one, Emma? Oh, gosh. Um, modern one, Svart Billen. Ooh, that's a flat tracker? I think it's a mm-hmm. See, I was going to say Ascot. That's about, the same thing. I think you'd have to oh, go with Sportster. Modern era, but I mean. Well, but I'm just saying, these are mm. yeah. bikes that were styled. So, uh, John, can mm-hmm. you name a ca- cafe racer, production cafe racer? Mithruxton. There you go. Or Emma? Gorblimey 500. There you go. And uh, Bagel, can you name a production scrambler? Ducati scrambler? Yeah, they're all called scramblers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, right. that one is easy. <laughs> the, how about the Desert Scrambler X? There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Um, but here's what I want. I, I find interesting. As Emma, you said these decades. I mean, none of these are really that new, other than really adventure is the newest. I'd say these are all styles that have been around for decades and that have come and gone in fashion, right? Right. Oh, and we didn't say the chopper, the Fury. Honda Fury. Yeah. Honda Fury is a, is a great example of a, of factory, a factory chopper. chopper. So these are fashion styles that have come and gone. Um, that I, I don't think they're going to go away. You know, when people say, oh, Cafe Racers are back. I'm like, they never left. <laughs> right? I've always been into them. But here's the question I have. What other styles are fit that same bill? Can you think of any other styles? Motard. Oh, oh Supermoto. Super yeah, we did Supermoto. Very good. That's smart. Yep. Yep. Ooh. Are there any other styles? And and I don't know if this exists in the scooter world at all, Bagel, but are there any other examples you can think of styles that started with the public? Naked bikes. And yeah. then went yeah. to actual production. Yeah, bikes. like the Jixxers and pulling yeah. that off and that oh, became yeah. a thing. Well, they, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. those... Those are what are now the the street fighters, right? The right. Um, yeah, they were, they were crash jixers, yeah, street fighters, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and but, that actually that actually started in the Midlands in the mid eighties, mm-hmm. and, and they were all jixers. What did you say, Bagel? If you're talking about the scooter world, yeah, um, does anything like that exist? I'm trying to think of that, that thing right behind you. <laughs> style. Well, I mean, the only custom I can think is like Vespa Cross, but then there aren't any production. No, right. I think there's no production. Yeah. Well, Vespa wait a minute. Well, yeah, the Honda. What the about ADV? the yeah, the yeah. Honda ADV that's scooter? Not, no, but okay. That's not most the same kind of most scooter owners go in for heavy body body modifications. You know, sure. to themselves. 
Not the scooters, more the like the mod stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Any others that you guys can think of? And we got look at all these examples around the room. I mean, I guess technically a dirt bike. What were the like the Nikons born from? Nikon. Uh, That's just Just somebody on an acid trip. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm looking around the room. So here, here, here's the follow up. Well, you could wonder if like the uh, like Jim's bike, the 450L, was really a motocross bike with lights put on it, made street legal. I mean, it kind of went to, it was started yeah. there and then went backwards like, as like opposed to Enduro. going there. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. I know one. Yeah. Um, the uh, Honda tr- uh, Trail 70, Trail 90, Trail 110. Because and, and cause that started out as a customized version of a Honda Cub that a dealer in Idaho was making and right. selling yeah. by the boatload. Yeah. And then Honda said, that's a great idea. Let's build it. Right. And it was always very popular with the outdoors people because it's yeah. a capable little bike. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's quiet. It's quiet. Yeah. So you can kind Don't of scare sneak, the deer. sneak around. Mm-hmm. What about a... A trike? What, no, what about the power cruisers? Like hmm. the V-Maxes and the... Mm, I think those were not... I think those were just... Yeah, I mean, the power <clears throat> cruisers... Uh, I think came the, from the industry. They've always occupied their own space. Exactly. And it didn't really start off... If you want to look at the heritage of the power cruises, you really look, need to look at the drag racing scene. Right. Because the, That's what the Rocket 3 reminds me of. Like a, right. Yeah. Or V-Rod. And, and I mean, yeah. I think to a certain extent, the V-Rod and the Rocket 3 actually occupy the same space. And they were, they're, they're kind of own things because it wasn't a customizing thing. It was actually a racing right. thing. Um, and Kawasaki actually named their bikes the Eliminators because, uh-huh. of course, they, they're basically drag bikes. So you've got... Um, the VMAX is king of them and always will be. Then you've got the Kawasaki Eliminators. The Diavel. And you've got the Honda Magnus. The Diavel. And the Diavel. The Diavel yeah. made me do it. <laughs> um, well, and the Rocket 3. And I think the Rocket 3 actually yeah. kind of occupies that spot. If not when it came out, it certainly does now. But they're kind of like they've and, always uh, been their, their 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 own thing, and the the Yamaha phasers and the Radians, I and the think, uh, are, the one I mentioned earlier, the Honda, um, the six cylinder, the Valkyrie. Sh- Valkyrie, thank you. Gosh, yeah, it's kind of a power cruiser, isn't it? The Valkyrie, God, it's kind of no. it's a bit junky. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that goes in a different direction. Really? Yeah, I mean, no, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out. The Valkyrie is pretty much a straight cruiser. I always yeah. had a thing for that bike. That that goes in a different direction. Power cruisers are more sleek. Where do you put the Hayabusa in? Like in all seriousness, it's not. Is, is it a sport bike yes, or is it well, a it's yeah. sport touring? Sport touring. Yeah. Sport touring. Okay. So it's kind of another genre. Here's the thing, though, that I find hard to believe that these styles that we listed are the only styles that they just keep keep coming and going in popularity. Yeah. What's what's new? What what's the next style that you think might then become production? Other well, than electric, right? Well, I was going to say what you see at the Peterson Museum a lot are these really symmetrical electric kind of geeky looking things. Like, uh, I mean, the only thing new I've seen is that kind of stuff at the Peterson. But um, those aren't customized. You right? know, well, well, they're custom now, but they could be production. Like if the movie Sleeper ever came to real life, we'd be riding <laughs> around on those. Like I, I don't think I, I don't want to see Bratz as a production bike, Bratz style. Well, I mean, 
So what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of dive into the, the minute of the different genres. A brat is a cafe racer. It's a the form. It's yeah. a form of cafe racer. If you were to ask anyone who's built a brat, what's your bike? They'll say, oh, it's a cafe racer, but it's done in a brat style. Um, and it's the same when you get into the choppers, you know, the digger style. Um, you know, what kind of chopper do you ride? Oh, I ride a digger which has got the long neck and then, then the steeper fork. Mm. So it looks like a digger. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm not going to say we have exhausted all forms of customizing bikes, but it would be hard to come up unless you do something just ridiculously stupid. Well, uh Okay, so here's here's something that that was It'd be common. hard to come up with something so new. The rap a rat bike was common. Th th that's something that hasn't been really produced, right? How well, do you produce here, a rat here, bike? Here's one that's not production. What's the uh, the Japanese? Uh, oh, oh, the Bosuzuku. Bosuzuku, yeah, those mm -hmm. never became a production. Well, yeah, there's a lot right, of reasons right. for that. That is, yeah, that is unique. <laughs> but it's like that. That's one of the few things that never became production, really. Right, I mean, I in an odd way, that's like oh, I'm gonna. There's a like there's some biker clubs that have pretty like customized bikes when you roll up on them, and it's very similar. Like you can't take a like an HA motor like chopper and and make it a production bike. It's just pure custom. And I think those uh, the Japanese club thing you're saying is very similar. Right. Oh, actually, driving over here today, I saw. Coming, I was driving through Moss Landing, and Moss Landing is probably about halfway between Monterey and Santa Cruz. And Home of the whole enchilada. Yes, um, little fishing town. It used to be Phil's there too. Yes, um, but it's a, it's a, you know it's a it's a fishing town, and coming the other way, there were at least forty Honda Groms and yeah. monkeys <laughs> and it was obviously a club and what was the most impressive the two lead bikes were just pulling simultaneous wheelies yeah i had a feeling that was it awesome. for you awesome. know as long as i could see them so obviously they just perfected the wheelie and they were just wheeling these bikes for miles and miles and miles but how's this pertinent I think the platforms like the Groms and your Benelli and the monkey bikes mm -hmm. give you so much scope for customizing. And I think perhaps altered wheelbase, you small bikes. Do you think the uh, some of the other, like the Himalaya or the Meteor, you think the smaller bikes will come into vogue and people start customizing those? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Hmm. Well, I, I just find it interesting that, like, yeah, the kind of there is not a lot of new creativity, right? But well, and and you know, you know what? Here we didn't even mention this. Here's another style, vintage, and here you have Royal Enfields and Triumphs, and mm. they're making new production vintage bikes, right? Yeah. So that's a whole other style. But what's what's new out there? Well, I, maybe, and I'm I'm talking out of class here, but you know, Yuri came by with his new BMW fast bike, and what is the way that you can program modern bikes now is something I didn't even realize. Like uphill engine braking, downhill engine braking, right? Have three different race modes and three different race modes. Like the adjustability. 
And BMWs um, in particular are extremely clever like that. You know, so that's something you don't, you know, the bike looks like, you know, similar to bikes have looked over in the last 20 or 30 years, but the technology shifts are, are pretty massive. So maybe that's where it lies. I don't know. Yeah, I guess Until so, the electric but revolution happens and then, you know, who knows when that happens. You may be right in that the um, the the electric is a whole whole new thing, and the electric bikes do have their own styles. They are definitely like when you look at the Saunders and stuff like that. They definitely are are being creative, but those are production. That's production leading yeah. style. But you know, fast forward, right? It's probably kids that are like like the kids that were here at the garage today, nine year olds. It'll be yeah. them in twenty years. Yeah, figuring doing that stuff out. that we can't even get our mind around right yeah, now. Yeah, and I mean that's the most exciting thing for me because I know he'll be thrilled if if I mention him again. So hey Cameron. <laughs> what is gonna be very exciting for um for the children is what they're going to be riding when they're 20, when they're 30, when they're 40. Can you imagine what mode of transportation is going to be around, say, for Sullivan when she's my age? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm 61. So we're talking in 52 years. <laughs> Can you imagine the way technology is going? Yeah. What's going to be, be on offer organic. to her? We better freaking yeah. have some flying cars by then. We'd better. <laughs> yeah. um, I saw a thing, and this is a very, very real thing. Airbus is working on this, and I, I you know, you know, I uh, occasionally go on tangents about things that aren't motorcycles, but Airbus is working on an airliner with a clear fuselage. Oh, really? Oh, god! And oh. they're talking about that being out in twenty fifty. Really? So, can you imagine sitting on an airliner with a clear? fuselage now it's not going to be like you're in a glass tube because of course there's going to be um it's going to be like a cage it's going to be vomit everywhere <laughs> it won't be clear that long <clears throat> but well no it's an interactive material mm -hmm. so that if you're in a storm you know they can make it opaque and it'll mm. look like normal airliner but if you're flying say on a clear style yeah. you know starry night they can actually oh, be amazing huh they, they can yeah, basically cool. make yeah. the fuselage clear wow wouldn't that be incredible? Yes. yes and stuff is. like this is happening. You got like we, Joby working we, on. We have materials like this now. So, um, no, it's going to be very, very cool. Joby's working on uh, ta air taxis. Yeah, they fly over my shop all yeah. the time. Uh, that could, that could be they? a regular thing. Yeah, really? it's a yeah. goofy looking thing. It's, it's, it's like a, a takeoff. It's a, it's a vertical takeoff. It looks like a giant drone. Yeah. It's a, it's mm. a big egg-shaped thing. Um because I think it seats nine. Mm -hmm. So it's like a giant egg. And I want to say there's like eight propellers wow. that keep it aloft. But usually when it's flying around, it's got a helicopter either side mm -hmm. of it. You know, just... It's all electric. Yeah. But it's amazing. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So um, I have something I wanted to bring up. I don't know what to do with this. Um, so I had some of my um, DMV renewals show up. Oh, um, one is for the Triumph, 2012 Triumph, right? Right. That I paid, what, five grand for? Yes. Right? And the other one is for the 2018 uh, Honda Africa Twin. That needs to be renewed, um, which is worth about 10, 10 grand, right? Hey, um, Emma, take a look at these. And look at the amounts that the California DMV is charging me <laughs> for them. That's quite interesting, isn't mm. it? So, um, we'll read it out. 
So the Africa Twin is $173 for registration. Mm-hmm. And let's do let's do the breakdown. Um, that is $129 registration fee, $32 license fee, $12 district fee, and that comes to a total of $173. Now the Triumph, which is an older bike. Which is older and worth half the, the amount. The registration fee is 159 But what's the total? License fee is now 36 because I'm sure it's a percentage of the license. County district is 12 207 That doesn't make any sense at all. Can anybody explain that? So Tell me why. I did go to the DMV fee calculator site right. where you can just put in year, make, model, and your zip code because your zip code does matter. Yeah. And that told me that the Africa Twin should be more. Hmm. But it still it didn't make sense to me. I don't know how they're calculating these fees. It absolutely doesn't make sense that the Africa Twin is less to register than the Triumph. No, it doesn't. And what 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 year are these bikes? The Triumph is a 2011 and the Africa Twin is a 2018. Okay, well, the, the year makes a difference because the, the licensing fee, I believe, is calculated based off of the age. So a 2011 bike is going to be a lot less than a 2018. Nope, but this <laughs> the is the opposite. Around. It's the opposite around. Really? Yeah. yeah. Again, That's the weird. Triumph was, what, 207? The, and the, Af- the African were, 177. Were the original sales, what were the original sales prices of those bikes? The, that has already, this is a renewal. Yeah, you've already paid no, the sales I know. tax. Yeah. I know. But what was the original sales price on both of those bikes? Uh, I bought like the the Africa Twin was twice of what the 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 Triumph was. And the Triumph they're charging more for. Yes. All That's I can weird. think of is, I mean, we we're getting this more and more. These things aren't generated by humans; they're generated by algorithms. Right. Algorithms <laughs> and actuarial tables, probably. Yeah, and. <laughs> Algorithms are very much fallible, um, and I, I'm not sure what you would do about it. So <laughs> you can't I mean, do yeah, I know. About well, it. so this is something I brought up, and, and Jim, uh, you pay a, uh, a a tax on your house mm-hmm. every year. Um, I remember when I had a house back in Atlanta, and whenever you you'd, you'd buy a house, it, they would kind of reassess it and set new property taxes, and then they you kind of get forgotten about. And you don't say anything, mm-hmm. and it would take a long time for them to reassess and raise your property taxes. But that I remember uh, somebody who challenged their their challenged their taxes, and then they were reassessed every year, and their price Ooh. went up every year. And it was kind of the lesson of like, don't mess, yeah, don't mess with downtown. Mm-hmm. Because they will mm. reassess you every year. And then there were a lot of people, though, they had a contestant. They're like, well, what are you making that valuation on? Like, how did you come to that amount? Mm. And people would contest it. I'm not saying I need to contest it, but I'm, I am I'm kind of see this and go like, what's so going you, on? So um, you, you did a little bit of searching. They don't, in the fine print somewhere, say that, you know, your registration, that one section that your registration yeah. is, is this percent of that or something. You would imagine somewhere deep in that government document you know they would they would explain exactly how they do the math on that well a lot of these sure. the numbers came down to being yeah. the same 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 like we've got all these little fees two dollars three dollars you know da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. they were all yeah. the the same like automatic t- 
tacked on. Yeah. But the fact that the registration, registration fee, which is yeah. a base registration fee, is $30 more you should call on them. the Triumph. So yeah, the DMV says like, your vehicle's uh, purchase price to declared value. Dates that... This is on renewal. Yeah, renewal registration fees are based on your vehicle's purchase price and declared value. Dates, for example, the date you purchase your vehicle or the date your vehicle entered California... The city and or county you live in, the city and or county your business is based yeah, in. These are all the things. So that I was I was curious. Could it possibly be? And you don't think so, I know, but mm-hmm. uh, an emissions issue, like because it came from a different country that had to go through a different, more extensive testing for some or something mm-hmm. like that. No. I'm, I'm I mean, how does the same thing? No, but, because all assuming these are California models, is, if they're not, they pay a one-time impact fee coming into California. Is it is it because the uh, would the Triumph be heavier than the African one? No. Is is the native value the, the only different? thing no. I can think huh. of is that the Triumph has and again it's it's the algorithm thing. The Triumph would be calculated to be a more valuable bike when new than the Honda. Now mm. in twenty twelve your Honda Africa didn't, didn't exist. So, in that case, what the algorithm probably does is they take the what the the retail price of the Triumph was new in 2012, and then they extrapolate that to what it would be in 2018. And there's the value of your Africa Twin, and whatever it is, it comes out as more. I can't believe that a Triumph Scrambler would be more money than an Africa Twin. I kind of feel like going down to the DMV and asking. Yeah. Asking somebody to explain I, I, it. Yeah, I, and, and, I have well, a great the, fear you would be opening Pandora's box. Yes, they'll say, oh, we should have charged you this extra fee for your Africa twin. <laughs> oh, but I already, well. Yeah. Incidentally, you went well, just on don't, there. Don't, what do they say the Africa twin should be, you should be paying? Sorry, say that again. Oh, I don't remember. Well, don't mention but that it. Was just just, a, that was a general calculator yeah, that just, you could type in. Just ask on the other bike. Don't worry and, about and the And both Africa of these twin. bikes are registered in Santa Cruz, the city of Santa Cruz, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And again, the, so, so I kind of want to go to the DMV and like, I know I may be opening something up, but I want to ask because I want to know how they are calculating it. No? Yeah. Well, you can you can call them. You don't have to go down there. Sounds, sounds fun. You'll, you'll sounds like great probably get a better day. answer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's very interesting though. Well, um, hey guys, we have a lot of emails to catch up on. Um. Oh. Jim, you can you pull one out there? I gave I you some. I, I always give you the, some easy to read ones. I know normally they at least have pictures, but <laughs> all right. Hey, we got Scoot Scoot to kick things yeah. off today. Scoot. This is from Michael Kluman. Hey, Clun- friggin' mofo. Oh, this is Clunin. Yeah, yeah, Clunin uh, here from Northern Idaho. Just want to say hello from the Great Northwest. I recently in May bought a scooter. Yay, Yay. Emma Boo. Okay. Nice. Uh, 1993 Yamaha Vino with 3,000 miles and a barn hidden, uh, wait, a barn hidden, forget this, 300 bucks. Oh. He put 2,000 miles on it this summer, and I tell you, this thing is the shit. Never really thought I would be a scooter dude, but once you drink coffee in one hand and ride with the other, it's you're, you're That's exactly right. Uh, but you know mm. what? This, this blanking thing rules. Uh, I did take off the governor, thanks to YouTube. It's scary. I have a question for Bagel, though. Okay. Bagel, is this going to blank things up in my engine due to the high-ass RPMs? Uh, still can't wait to see Emma's boobies. 
Emma, show your boobies to the mic. Um, Emma, Emma, pay attention. Did you hear what he just said? Boy band a boobie request with Liza. So, or or a boy band song if you could. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, Knees in the breeze, ding dongs, love Clunin. So yeah, taking the governor off of his uh, Yamaha Vino. Will it mess it up running at high RPMs? Uh, I, I'm not a Yamaha engineer, but a small bike like a Vino, if it has a a governor, it's. Wait, and do you say this? Which, which CC size do you say this was? Let's see. This is a 1993 Yamaha Vino. That's all I got. It'll be a, it'll be a 120. 125. Yeah. Yeah. I Vino that Vino. Rip I, I it. That's what I said. Yeah. Fuck yeah I, well, I'm the same. Rip well, it. 300 on. bucks, man. Just go for it. <laughs> I mean, if, you like wanted, if, you're, if you're okay with destroying it, you can give it a try and see what happens. And let but us know. <laughs> my thought is, if they're going to put a governor on a 125 CC bike. Um, they're putting it on there for a reason that's not, you know, not just because of, of some bureaucratic, you know, prescription. This is, this is because the, the engine is only designed to go to a certain RPM and they don't want it to go above that because then it'll blow up. Um, so we agree, take it off. <laughs> my, my, my advice would be if you want to actually ride the bike, leave it on. Um, but if you really feel like you want to take it off and, and go faster or something, Maybe do a search on forums to see what other people have done to find out if there's a certain a certain way you need to to do it to disable the regulator without endangering the health of the motor. Um, I would do research. Yeah, go ahead and rip it. Well, if that's the research you want to do, <laughs> good luck. It's a, you know, as you said, it's a three hundred dollar. Like John said, let us know. <laughs> play stupid game, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's my take, and it really applies to all scooters, not just Yamaha Vinos. Um, most scooters have a very, very small oil capacity. They take a liter of oil. So don't be a cheapskate on the oil. Put really good quality oil in it. Um, every scooter that comes down my shop, I always give people the option. I say, hey, look, I've got $12 a quart oil or $12 a liter oil. I've got $31 a litre oil. Um, for the extra 20 bucks, 19 bucks, get the Motul 300V, and I'll put it in, and every single one of says, oh, that oil is great, my bike's smoother, it's quieter, blah, 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 blah. So it's a good investment. You know, put really good quality oil in them. If you've got a bike, you know, or a car with like nine quarts capacity, yeah, it's a big difference coughing up for expensive oil but if it only takes one quart just cough up for the good stuff yeah. and that would certainly help a high revving engine how about that all right cool good advice all right emma you got one there to read right let's have a look um no i'm going to come back to eric's i am going to read eric's um let's do a quickie hey emma why does this bike have both an electric starter and a kickstarter right. and that is uh Oh, these are Motorcycle and Beards guys. Brand new 1975 Norton Commando. Well, a lot of bikes had kickstarts and electric starts back in the mid-70s. And the reason being, electric start technology was very, very new. And more importantly, battery technology to start the bikes was very, very new. So virtually every electric start bike out there Came with a kickstart. Yeah. Just in case you needed it. 
Now, some of the bigger capacity bikes, like the Honda Goldwing and the Yamaha XS1100, had a hidden kickstart. And the Goldwing had a hidden kickstart under the shelter where the fuel tank normally is. You take it out and you kind of plug it into a hole and kickstart the bike. And um, the XS1100, it was underneath the side panel on the right-hand side. I had one of those. I never do that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you reach under and you pull out the kickstart, bolt it on, and then boom, off you go. Um, so a lot of bikes back then, not just the Norton, had an electric and kickstart. Where the Norton differed, Norton really didn't have a great deal of faith in their electric start. And although the bike actually said... Excuse me. Hello. Electric starter on the side panel. It was described in the workshop manual as a kickstarter assist. Mm. <laughs> the idea being you press the electric start while you were kicking the bike. Because it was made just by made Lucas. It. Yeah, there was a period of what, like five, ten years and almost yeah. every bike had both. Every bike had both. And by yeah. the early 80s, I mean, Japan was so confident in their ability of starting. You know, there's no point in having a Kickstarter on a bike anymore. My, my Amigo has both. Yeah. It does. <laughs> and, you know, when I see a big old road burner like an early GS1000 or an XS11 and it's got a Kickstarter on it, I always think that's quite charming. And it's always good at a bike night if you're on a big 1,000cc bike and you punt it into life on a Kickstarter. People are like, oh, that's cool. Bagel, how many of your scooters have both? Ooh. That is a really good question. The the Stella has both. Because it's, it's pretty common on scooters, um, too. The Passport has both. Yeah. I must um, admit, I find... I'm not sure any others do. Okay. Yeah, I but, find but, the but, kick but, starts but, fitted on, on the Vespa's paw. Oh. Well, it depends. Um the modern Vespas that have kickstarts, specifically the ET4 and the oh. LX, are pretty much worthless. Cool. Because because these the well first of all uh, on the ET4 if you kick the kickstarter too hard it would crack the belt the transmission belt case, um, but also because these bikes were electronic ignition, if your battery was dead you're not getting any spark anyway so the kickstarter does you no good. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> I wish so, I wish they would put more kickstarters on bikes. It's it's a good backup system. It is, and you know, punting but, a bike into life. I I I like the whole process of it. Well, if if you can do that, because the thing is that all bikes pretty these days pretty much have electronic ignition, right? I mean, are there any bikes still sold with points? Yeah, but there, uh, there are modern electronic ignitions that work. You know, that work on a discharge system. You can actually they're self generating. So if yeah, if they're self-generating, then that you know that's that's doable. But which means what one kick like gets juice in, you kick again. Yeah, exactly. You juice it up with one kick, and then second kick, boom, you mm -hmm. light it off. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, cool. All right, John, you got one there. <clears throat> yeah, I love this email. There's uh, there's a lot of good ones in this batch. Yeah, mm. there's some good questions too. This might be my favorite email ever. <laughs> Uh, this is from Dean. Yes. Oh, Dino. Dean. You're going to like this Dino. one. Hi, love your podcast. I discovered it while watching Ride with Norman, and I have hey. a question for you all. So, I am 13, and I'm looking for a bike. I really like choppers, but that is expensive. So, what do you have in mind? And I live in Florida, so I can't wait until I'm 16. Oh, God, that's the easiest thing in the world, Dean. So, 
if you Hayabusa is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Stretch Busa. <laughs> no, if you look at um, he likes choppers, right? He does. Mm-hmm. So you want something you can ride on the street, which means a bicycle. You want to have a look at California Hispanic culture and lowrider bicycles. Right. These things are the Ooh, coolest yeah. things. That in is the cool, world. but that true. Is true. But he's thinking motorcycles. Yeah, but so. he wants a motorcycle. <clears throat> well, but he's thirteen. Yeah, right. So right. But can I make but a suggestion? Can, can I make a suggestion? I just assume he's sixteen. Yes. No. This is a perfect thing at this age to start going to swap meets. Yes. And buying mm. parts. Yeah. Get a frame. Get some wheels. This is something that you can build over the years and learn everything about that bike. And especially when you're talking about Harley parts, you can get a lot of these parts, put them together. You see, you didn't let me finish. You see, my thought is, is if he explores the Hispanic bicycle culture, particularly Southern California, and gets a low rider bicycle going, now you can ride it around. Now he can start going to wrecking yards and find himself a little motor for it and put a motor in that and actually and build his own thing. Now, unless Florida laws have changed, when I was 15 in Florida, you could ride at at 15 years old, you could ride something up to, they said, five brake horsepower. I rode a 175 because nobody can tell how many brake horsepowers <laughs> in any bike in the world. But, you know, that gives him an option in two years if that's the same, if that's the law right now. And he could find right. a Grom would be great. But There's I mean, lots of stuff. the fact that we have a child of this age listening to our podcast and actually taking advice from us, well, I think is a win for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And your idea well, I love because if you don't. Go ahead. Finish. I was going to say, if you don't know the bicycle culture stuff Emma's referring to, it's, super it's killer. Cool. It's yeah. super custom. Oh, yeah. It's super tough. Yep. It's, it's tough as F. And um, and then, like you said, you could slap a little weed eater motor on there. Yeah, start, exactly. And he's and rolling. Start ripping around. And he's the, cool, the coolest. Yeah. You know what? If that I kid, want one. if Dean showed up at school on a SoCal oh, lowrider bicycle, Right? Big spoke With wheels. a weed eater motor on it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, he would man. be getting all <laughs> girls throwing themselves all over him. What you got, Bagel? Yeah. Well, I was I was going to say something along those lines, like a like a, a wizard clone would probably oh. be a good place oh, yeah. to start because it's basically a bicycle w- with a, a, a right. small motor. <gasps> and and those things I imagine in Florida don't require a license and you can just ride them around, and you know, as you can like buy those motor kits. Right. Right, exactly, and that's something that you can tinker with. You can get your, your you get get your teeth into with learning to how to wrench, how things go together, how it handles, how the how that affects the performance. You know, it's a lot of the basics you're going to need to know about motorcycling if you're just getting into it. I would recommend staying maybe staying away from like flea markets and swap meets because you're going to find stuff that people are just going to want to sell you there. They're not going to want to sell you something that you're going to actually be able to work with. You're saying like yard sales and stuff. Eh, If he has a good community around him, he can help. I would say do, do the research, meet people, meet people, start learning about what, what options are out there and what bikes are good to work with and find out, you know, what's, what's a good direction you want to go in. You know, don't just say, you know, I want a chopper. Say, I like this bike and I want to customize it, make it into a chopper, make it into a, a you know cafe racer, whatever, whatever style you want, but start with a bike that you know is a good bike and, and go from there. Right. Don't just buy junk and try to make it run because you're just going to be chasing all kinds of problems constantly and you're never going to get it running and it's going to be, it's going to end in frustration. I, I love, I love the suggestion from you too on the short term. 
get the motor kit and a bicycle. Yep. You can customize yep. a bicycle. Yeah. And, it, and it, I, it, oftentimes they're called like a whizzer motor right. kit. Yeah. Right. And or check, you could check just, Florida laws to see what, you yeah, know, how that fits in and things. <clears throat> but, but that might be one of those things in Florida that you can kind of slip in between the cracks and, right. you know, it's, it, you don't need to license it. You don't need a license for it. You can just ride it around. So, or maybe he could do sort of what I did too, is buy a dirt bike, depending on where he's at in Florida. And just ride Learn around. how to ride for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Beat that thing in the dirt and then buy a real motorcycle when you're 16. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, and I have a top tip, Dean. I have a top tip for you. So if some scary looking old biker chick comes up to you and says, hey, kid, give me some money and turn out your pockets. <laughs> just like get the bottom lip going, oh, I don't have any money. See my dad. <laughs> top tip. All right. Turn out those pockets quick. Or you're I've, get slapped. I've, got a, I've got a top tip for you. Uh oh. Oh, yeah. How can a kid that age uh, earn money quick? Pipe around. No. Yeah, not anymore. Offer no. to wash bikes. Oh, yeah. like in our like in our garage, whenever we get a young kid, I'm like, look, people will pay like 40, 60 bucks. You spend 30 minutes cleaning it. That's quick money. You know, what and I you can learn more about the bikes. You know what? I genuinely thought you were going to say. Oh, no, Honestly, no, no, I no, thought no. you were genuinely going to no. say throw a brick through a jeweler's window. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that way you're, you're meeting you bikers. Or but, and, you know, if you wash bikes and especially uh -huh. if you do a good job, it's a way of ingratiating yourself with the local motorcycle community. Yeah. You know, it's a um, bunch of Harley guys. And, in Florida. and if, if they think you're cool. <clears throat> yep. You probably and, and be are. sure to keep and keep your money in your socks so that when you do get shaken down by that biker <laughs> chick, you can turn out your pockets and say, I don't have anything. Yeah, but it's all in your socks. Didn't you say, exactly. have you ever kissed a bunny? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Yeah. All right. Bagel, oh, no. do you have yes. one there to read? <laughs> I do. All right, what you got? I have an email here from uh, Keith Allstrom. Keith. 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 And uh, Keith writes, I was just listening to episode 477. Where's Keith, where's Keith from? Is he, is he uh, a canoe? He okay? He's accent. from Alberta, Canada. Oh, oh sure right. he is oh, now. Hey. Oh, yeah. yeah no. And he says, he says, I was just listening to episode 477. This is, this is a while and, ago. Okay. And Miss Emma brought up the, the, the gluteus. I mean, the gladius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this, this sent me to the interwebs to look at it again. I spent an inordinate amount of time looking at pictures of this much maligned motorcycle, but I figured it out. I know now what bothers me about the SVF 6, 650 Gladius. If you're looking at it from the side, the bodywork, particularly the two-tone livery, looks like the bike was at a standstill and was violently rear-ended by a Hummer going 120 kilometers per hour. The, the rider's ovaries or testicles were then ejected from their body... <laughs> Shot wow. forward at great speed and slapped <laughs> against the tank where they will forever rest. Uh, when you when you then swing yourself around to the front of the bike and look at the headlight, all I see is a vagina pushing out a big light. <laughs> oh no! Dean, you can stop listening yeah, right what, now. What was your... <laughs> there's, there's even a clitoral hood at the top. Oh, oh. No. To top it off, the housing above the light around the instrument cluster looks like a Merkin. Dean, do AKA, not Google any of these words you don't understand. Exactly. AKA a pubic wig. <laughs> or that one. Come on. Tell me someone at Suzuki wasn't taking the piss when they designed this one. What a strange, strange bike. Or maybe the Gladius is the Rorschach test of the motorcycle world. And then you see what you want in it. 
<laughs> I've been I've been toying with the idea of replacing my 2003 GS500E. Should I get a Gladius? Yes. Thanks for your time. And if I get a Gladius, I will ride down from the sticks of Alberta, Canada, <laughs> and say hello. I, well, if you can get yourself out of bed with it, <laughs> we, we should maybe do a. Uh... A thing on the Gladius. Maybe you like need a, a Gladius, whole... not a... Yeah, uh, I mean, I can... my... Not right now. No. But that's a whole <laughs> it's thing. A, it's a whole thing. And it's a perfect example of how a bike can be so right and yet so wrong. Because yeah. make no mistake, the Gladius is an amazingly capable bike. It was born from arguably one of the greatest bikes ever made. You know, middleweights ever made, yeah, the SV650. Yep. And mm-hmm. it should have been right. the SV650's finest swung song. Which it may as well and yet it, it was So, yeah, no, I Let's, think we should I would love to talk that. because I remember when that came out. I yeah. remember the lashback from the public. Let's save it. But I would say, yes, I agree. It is a good bike. And just like the, uh, the Corvair, because <laughs> of its public shame, right. you can get them cheap. <laughs> Right, and if they you can are, find it, you can get it cheap. It's like the R twelve hundred C. But I was, yeah. I was going to say, if if uh, if he does get a Gladius, uh, he should redo that shot that Emma did in the bed, where he's sitting lying next eh. to the bike in bed. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Right. All right. All right. I have one here. It's a long one, but it's a good one. Okay. Uh, so How about it. So well, actually, well, you know what? Let me save that one. Um, let, let me do this one. Uh, so this one is from Matthew. 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 I was listening to the Misfits podcast number 539 today. Liza's Dream UK Moto Adventure. Sounds like a lot of fun. Some friends and I are planning a Castles and Curves tour in 2025, if we're still alive that far into the future. Emma mentioned sending in rides that might be interesting. So here's one that I do on a fairly regular basis to get out of the house. All right, listen up. Northern California. Oh. I live in Auburn. So this is about a five-hour loop for me. Okay. Yes. Nice. Okay. Add a couple of hours for Santa Cruzans to get to and from the start point, which is at the Clipper Gap exit of 80, just three miles east of downtown Auburn. I know it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um Anyway, it consists of a leisurely cruise through some rural neighborhoods through downtown Grass Valley and Nevada City, which is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. up Highway 20 to the Highway 80 junction at Yuba Gap. Then a short stint on Highway 80. I usually get off at Cisco Grover and take Old Highway 40, which parallels 80. Then around Soda Springs and down to Donner Lake on the old highway. Yep. Continuing on off highway up to Tahoe Donner, a trucky subdivision, ending up on 89 North to the Sierraville, then west on 49 and back to Grass Valley. This last section is absolutely incredible and the ultimate gem of the ride. There is a sign just out of Sierraville stating, Bikers beware! Dead man's curves next 15 miles. Ooh. Ooh. But the next like 45 fun. miles are spectacular. If ever there was a sign that would encourage bikers to continue, that's the one. Not sure yeah. how to send a better route to you, plus a photo or two of the ride. Any help is appreciated. Hope you get a chance to hit this loop sometime. P.S. You'll be seeing me sometime at the shop. I plan to make a pilgrimage to Santa Cruz in the near future. Love the podcast. From Matt. What kind of bike does he ride? Does it say? 
It does not. Because if he doesn't have a dual sport, he should have a dual exactly. sport. Exactly. Up there. I'm likely hmm. to think he does. Yeah. But yeah I mean, oh, wait, wait, wait. He sent a, oh, a picture of the loop, the Sierraville loop. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he sent a map and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, I, I know the area up there. It's, it is beautiful. That is. It is beautiful, yeah. Yeah. You know, that get, gets yeah, me get inspired. Get like, off-road, too. <laughs> Jim, we go and do like a, like a little you know, two-hour ride. I'm like, maybe it's time to go do like a six-hour ride, like a proper, like the stuff bagel Stuff does. you could use in an Africa Twin for, right? Or, yeah. or like riding up to Tahoe, <laughs> we like we did that to, one time. Uh, yeah, our, yeah. our friend down there at the, in Central California, that yeah. was good. Yep. Six, seven hour loop. All right, let's do another round. Jim, you got one. Hey, there? I do. And this is from Dave Ente. I'm, if I'm uh, getting Dave it. Hey, yeah, Dave Ente. Sorry yeah. about that. Hey, real biker quiz editions. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, a couple of more. We more got a lot of feedback from this. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, have you purchased more than five 10 millimeter sockets for wrenching on your bike? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, have you done a border crossing? Yes. Let's we'll say international border. Yeah. Have you. Caused your exhaust header to grow to glow bright orange. No, <laughs> I'll take it up one. Have you lit a cigarette off a <laughs> yeah. orange header? Uh, have you ever bought a motorcycle that you previously owned, literally the same bike? Uh, no, not the same bike. You did not the same the KLR. I didn't buy a bike yeah, that yeah, I previously. No, but he's saying he's the exact like, like, same bike. I did. One. Yeah, that you buy back yeah, a yeah. bike oh, you once okay, sold. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I did. The Gucci. Yeah, the Gucci, yeah, you yeah. Did, yeah. Have you ever been given an ultimatum <laughs> to choose between your motorcycle and your relationship? Yes. What? <laughs> Have you, John? Would that be a box for you yet? Yeah, I'm there. I'm, I'm bumping up against that limit right now. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a limiter. There it is. Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> and do you have clothing that is specific, uh, specifically for wearing while wrenching on your bike? I mean, clothing yes. that if you significantly, well, you don't count. I'm wearing it today. <laughs> Wrench on your bike, eating shrimp. It's always the same thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, clothing that if your significant other saw you wearing in public, they would give you the ultimatum to choose between your motorcycle and your relationship. <laughs> so yeah, so some additions from yeah, so Dave. Yeah, so Atlanta. a lot of people, uh, Emma, if you didn't know, I posted our we, we redid the you know yes real biker quiz. Oh, that's right, Emma, you took it. There was one you weren't sure about though. No, I I scored one, um, <laughs> and then I reviewed it. Because I realized I haven't had sex on a bike. I've had sex with a bike. And then uh, I said, and that, it became that's zero. An, that's Were you an, on it no, when you had sex it? Sex with a bike is an automatic 50 points. So I get 50 <laughs> yeah, points. So win. that's legit. <laughs> it's like shoots a ladder. Just go straight to the end. Nice. All right, Emma, do you have one there to read? I do. And um, this is a short one, too. Um, Howdy, misfits. Howdy. Hey. I have written. No, well, hang on. It is from. This is from T. Jordan sixteen. So I'm not <laughs> they sure. They call him T. Bagger. Yeah. <laughs> Mighty. Oh my god. It's getting late in the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> getting a little punchy over here. Howdy, misfits. I've written a couple of times asking different questions about a first bike for my wife. Mm. Yes. Took all the great advice into consideration. Had to sit on a bunch. And looked around for a good deal until we finally found it. Exclamation point. She picked out this black 2019 Yamaha R3 that she probably probably named Raven. You have a best friend called Raven. I also got her signed up for the MSF course because of your advice. Thank you for all your help answering all my questions and giving advice to me and my wife. She is very excited for the rides ahead. And... I think I she bet. needs there, to be excited. Is there a, a picture, picture of it? There is a picture of, and I think he's got a Gladius. 
<laughs> I think that is oh, a really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it is. Oh. Yeah, it's a gladius. How ironic is that? It is ironic. Great looking one because he's done all right things to it. Um, but, oh, look how happy she looks on that R3. I'm looking at the gladius first. Ah, <laughs> yeah. very happy. That comes like yeah, all yeah, yeah. ABS and all that kind of stuff. Super, yeah, right? the yeah R- those are great little yeah, bikes. Great no, little bikes. the R3s, the... the you know, the it's a tough looking little bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well done. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, John, you got one there? I do. This is from Gus. Hey, Gus. <clears throat> Gus. Hey, guys. A couple Get girls on the bus, here. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. All. I was looking for some ideas for a new bike. I finally got my 85 VMAX running perfectly, mm-hmm. but honestly, I want something more tame. Gladys. It's, <laughs> it's an awesome bike, and it's totally kick ass, but not very. Not very take the kids on. Not very good for taking the kids on a Sunday cruise. Friendly. Yeah. I was thinking about getting a Harley because it's what most of my friends ride, but it's not really in the budget. I'm in Western uh, Massachusetts, so we are heading into the end of the riding season and the best time to buy. Here's the dilemma. Ideally, I'd like a straight up trade for for the Vmax or something else. Mm. So sell it and buy, or sell it and buy what I can sell it for. Price ranges on Vmaxes around here vary from two thousand to six thousand. So I'm not sure what to list it for. Okay. With all the work I've done to it, I'd like to get around 4K or a bike that's worth that. I, I prefer mid controls, and if it's fuel injected because of the maintenance on carbs between riding seasons is obnoxious, I don't really care all that much. Keep in mind that I'm six foot and about 300 pounds, so we need torque. Haha. Any ideas will be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Thanks. Oh, I have one came to mind. Go on. Hear me out. Triumph America. Mm. Ooh, it's a well, cruiser. It, you, he, but he wants us. His though. friends ride Harleys. He needs something at a budget. Triumph uh, Americas are great bikes that yeah, aren't yeah, yeah. that popular, so you're going to get them in that price range. Yeah, but it, it, and it's got enough juice to do what you need. It's it's a it's a he could buy a, just a regular. It's basically a cruiser Bonneville. Right. He could buy a straight Bonnie for that too. Then. Yeah, you could. I mean, he could. But the America's a little more comfortable and will fit in riding with your friends on cruisers. Right. Just saying. Um. My suggestion, and it's a suggestion I've made many, many times before to other people, Bandit. Yeah. You know, but but for, he's riding with friends on Harleys. Doesn't, doesn't you- forget the Harley guys <laughs> because he's got the big, comfortable sit-up bike. Bandits, for all their speed, are very tame bikes. They'll do exactly what you want of them. It's super comfortable. They'll be sitting upright. They'll do all the things. More importantly... That four grand's going to buy him a really late model fuel injected 2012 or above 1250. So he's he's going to get a lot of bike for his buck. What about like because we talk about these two like a big V Star? Yeah, I mean, well, well power is not. He doesn't v, want power. V Star's so, yeah. smaller. You you'd want the the other star lines or whatever the. Star but here's yeah. the reason I also said Triumph. Uh, we all think that the metric cruisers are great bikes. And you can get them at a budget, but when your friends are like Harley riders, they don't get that as much respect. Mm-hmm. But I figure that the Triumph America is kind of unique, and so it's not looked down upon like a lot of the metric cruisers right. are from the Harley community. And funnily enough, that and it has America in the title. Right. But <laughs> a lot of my thinking was that's why I think he might squeak by on a bandit, because it's not pretending to be a Harley. I think the major argument a lot amongst Harley riders 
from metric cruisers is, hey, this thing's styled just like Harley. It's a wannabe Harley, which isn't entirely true. But that's the argument. If he shows up on a big-ass Bandit or a Z-Rex 1200, it's its own thing. I mean, these are just big, badass standard bikes what I about th- the the r bike the the c from bmw the, what is it 1250 or 1150 the the cruiser yeah it's, it's, it's an odd looking thing all right I, I have one more suggestion <laughs> oh, it's very odd yes i got one more okay an old gold wing oh <laughs> or, or a lovely african twin uh, yeah what's your suggestion bonneville speedmaster yeah yeah i don't think he'll get one in his foreground budget though mm. stretch booster <laughs> okay. all right african uh, twin it is. bagel you got one there I do. I have an email from Kevin Garrett, and he writes, Hey, Hey. Misfits. Kevin here. Love the show. Dropped by years ago on a Sunday, but Miss Emma wasn't there, so I never came back. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I did like the shrine to her, though. A half-empty gin bottle bottle next to a can of rust repair. (laughs) That's about right. Personal hygiene. (laughs) <laughs> regarding peak analog bikes agree with the klr i have owned four or five over the years another option 1000 to 1200 cc gold wings very reliable uh-huh. no computers and most of the basic most and the most basic of electronics also for a different definition of analog bikes if it uses can bus it ain't analog Thanks for all the hours of fun and information and everything. Love, peace, and tacos, Kevin. <laughs> so, Emma, this came up mm-hmm. from last week. There was an email that we read. Somebody said, "What is the the the, the best like an, an, what what was the peak of analog bikes, right?" And so we were saying probably like KLRs because they're they're a modern analog bike. Well, and they're, they're, and so that's the peak, though. Well, but like it was like, what's a, a modern analog bike? And and so KLRs. So we were talking about other other DRZ, analog yeah. bikes. Yeah, DR, DRZ, those kind of things. But no, I think I I would have answered very very differently. I think, see, in my opinion, the peak of analog bikes and the peak period for analog bikes is Rufus. And the reason why Rufus is a peak analog bike, Rufus has a tiny, tiny ECU that controls the sparks. It's carbureted, it's 130 horsepower, it does everything a modern bike can do, but it's essentially incredibly simple. The Speedo is driven by a cable. Mm, The Taco is driven, actually it's not, it's driven electronically, but it's an incredibly simple bike. Um... I'd almost argue that Jim's FC1 is the uh, it's got a fuel injection but it's an inc- essentially an incredibly simple bike. It's as simple as Rufus just with fuel injection. So, you know, in terms of performance, the late 90s, the mid to late 90s, I think was the peak of the simple bikes. After yeah. that ABS started coming in, fuel injection started coming in, traction control started coming in, is interactive suspension started coming in. You yeah. know, all the electronics came in. And of course, CAN bus, which has been around for 50 years in the mm-hmm. automobile industry, has started coming in in a big way in bikes. 
Um, but yeah, that sort of mid to late 90s is very much a halcyon period. Yeah. And I think if we look back at all forms of transportation, I think the mid to late 90s really they're going to be regarded as the golden age of when things made the most power with the less electronic intrusion if you ever want to read something interesting watch guy martin talk about truck engines yeah um and he gets into this thing i think i can't remember if it was a daf or a man an man i think it was a, an man the best truck engine ever made was this man from, I think you want to say, 97. Just a massive powerhouse of an engine without much in the way of smog controls. Yeah. And it existed in that time, but it couldn't exist in any other time because it had all the technology that led up to that point. And then after that point, all the technology took all the power away and made it cleaner. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Um John and Jim, you have a big adventure coming up. We do this week. What bikes are you taking? A couple weeks. Uh, I'm taking a DRZ. Oh, yeah, 450. The 450, mm-hmm. perfectly yeah. suited. Well, desert season is upon us, oh. so yeah, it's time. the The weather's nice. Time to get naked right. at night and howl at the it's moon. It's going to get freaky. There could be some fireworks on this. Yeah, trip. we've had Literal a couple fireworks. couple listeners hit me up and are interested in coming yeah, so if you are down. yeah you know where it's cool. open it's a big desert johnson where, where valley johnson valley so johnson valley ohv this is south of it's, barstow about 45 minutes you can see naked jim's johnson and johnson valley yeah, yeah oh yeah. stop <laughs> it's great writing though it's it's extremely varied everything from deep sand obviously to rocky terrain to technical to not to yeah it's a hoot beautiful out there cool and you both got your bikes diddled by emma she diddled me today. good today yeah yeah, Ooh. so you you got your hanging idle done, mm-hmm. um, and we put some new brake pads and in. And so did, did Jim. And My hanging throttle. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah nice. your hanging throttle was easy, easy peasy. You bend, bend smashed things. Yeah, you saw me what bend a bark buster <laughs> on my knee. Yeah, nice. Well, um, I have a little bit of an announcement to make since yes. it is October. We're sliding into the end of the year. I'm putting my other T-shirts on sale. I want to sell them out at the end of the year. Blow out. So go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com, and you can click on shop or store or whatever. Yeah, you'll find it. Uh, I'm going to put them on sale. So this is the time. If you're ever thinking of getting one or if you don't have, there's unlimited sizes, uh, mostly like larges and extra larges, and there's two different designs. Okay. Um, But I want to blow them out because, you know, I always come out with a new shirt every year. So these are all limited designs so go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com you'll find the links to everything there hopefully you guys will post to instagram i will uh, yeah for sure so i'll look for that i got a picture of cameron up there right now so if anyone wants to see him (laughs) (laughs) nice and i want to make sure you know we received an email from eric and it's a very thoughtful email we're not blowing you off eric i'm going to read it next week yeah yeah because this deserves discussion Good, and Jenna sent me a very nice email that I'm saving also. So we've got a couple of heavyweight emails coming next week. Well, again, <laughs> glad you're all back in the room together yeah. again. It's nice having you all. Um, time to wrap it up. Motorcyclesmisfits.com. That's where to go. Um, ready to get out of here? Thanks, everybody. This is Liza. Stumpy John. Emma, darling. Naked Jim. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. cool.